episode nine. Here we go. Went from crisis in Calgary to quite the opposite. How are you, DV? I'm doing pretty good. You know, wow. Was not expecting that. But, um, you know, that just really puts the Flames in a a win-now mode kind of speculation. If they can really uh, re-sign guys like Jonathan Huberdeau and Mackenzie Wieger after this year, they're not looking like complete idiots getting rid of Matthew Sitchuk. I mean, you're bringing in Canadian guys that, you know, could play in a Canadian market. I don't think it's the, the, the worst idea they've actually, you know, they could have done. So, good on Calgary. I have nothing bad to say about that, honestly. It's tough. I have nothing bad to say, honestly, maybe for both teams. A lot of people are shitting on Ford on this one, but it, it's reminiscent of a trade to me that that was huge in the NBA where a team gave up someone who could have, you know, maybe done it, but a team gave up their one of their top guys and some picks and stuff to add someone who just elevated their lineup to that next level they need to get to. Reminds me of the Kawhi Leonard deal. Ah, okay. And I thought it was interesting. When I first saw, you know, the notification comes up, it's like nine, eight, eight thirty, nine o'clock at night, more like 8.30 because it wasn't, it wasn't the next day on the East Coast yet. And it pops up and it says, it's Elliot Friedman, to Chuck to Florida. I was like, holy shit. My first thought was, it's going to be Hornquist as a cap dump. It's going to be Anton Lindell. And it's going to be way more than just that. It's probably going to be a first, another first, or not another first, but probably a first. And then a, someone on the roster, a decent player. I was thinking maybe they already moved Sam Reinhart. Um, it goes back to Western Canada. But Huberdo, that's a lot. That's Huberdo, Sh- Huberdo Schwint and a, and a first is a lot. Huberdo Schwint. Uyghur Uyghur. is a lot, but you're all, if, if you're Florida, you're getting a shakeup that you need, you know, are you going to be able to bring back those guys after this year? Probably not. If you're Florida, you don't have the money to bring back Huberto and, and Uyghur. So you don't let them walk for nothing. You still have to give up maybe a little more than you want to in, in the first. And I mean, Cole Schwint, you know, you, we don't know yet on that verdict still out there, but if you're Calgary, how can you not say yes to, you know, how, how can you not just love this? Well, as long as these guys, it's interesting. Who do you as think long wins as they a resign. trade? Who do you think wins a trade right now as it stands? Contracts, no, nobody's resigned yet. No extensions, nothing. Who, Florida who right with? now, but Calgary, if they resign. If just Huberto resigns, who do you got? I still give it to Calgary. I mean, yeah, you're okay. losing a guy like Mackenzie Weaver, but you pick up a guy like Jonathan Huberto. I mean, you lost two, but you're gaining one really good player back. I mean, I'm not saying that John or what's it called, Matthew Tuchuk and Johnny Gaudreau are anything like. Comp- I mean, they're all good players in aspects. I but think they're not. Yeah. You, no, no. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. Go I, ahead. Go I was ahead. about to say. I was about to add on to what you said, and I think you you are onto something with with the importance of bringing Huberto in. He, in a sense, replaces Johnny Goudreau. Yeah, I think so. Now, however, there's a couple issues I have with, with Huberto. First off, incredible passer. I'm talking when he gets into high danger areas and he's and he, they're on the rush, this dude making those passes and picking up those apples, is it's unparalleled throughout the whole league, basically. There's no one who does it as well. However, Calgary is a very defensive-minded team. Huberto is not defensive-minded. 
He's not great on defense. He doesn't generate many shots off his own stick. You know, he's great at generating shots off someone else's via high-quality passes. But in terms of shooting the puck, he doesn't do it that much. And he's not the best at forechecking. I, I, I just – I wanted to throw that out there. And I'm interested to see how he fits in this system. I am too. I, I mean, it's just going to be an interesting thing. A lot of uh, new faces and new places, honestly. Yeah, yep. And, and you, don't, you don't really know how it's going to fit. You know, Goudreau was, Goudreau was typically offensive-minded. When he got drafted, whenever, when he was first in the league, everybody's like, wow, this kid, there's not much defense there. But playing yeah. for but playing for um for Daryl Sutter makes you almost a good defense defensive player. So I'm interested to see how Huberdo does. And Mackenzie Weger is one of the best at, at preventing zone entries and stopping guys from gaining the zone. And he, he also, I mean, he puts up he puts up great passes. He moves the puck. He's great at primary assist per sixty minutes. He was through the roof. And you know, the only thing he really struggles with is penalties a little bit. But so does a lot of that team in Calgary and they've established a very solid penalty kill, I think. So obviously you don't want to go to the box, but for Calgary, I don't see many negatives here beside the contract. I don't see any negatives beside one year on each of them. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, you got to just uh, roll with the punches for this year, play great. So, you know, you bring the guys that you just brought in and make sure they want to come back. Exactly. Yep. You got to, you know, and you got to make it, you know, a place that they want to be. And how about, how about to Chuck in Florida? Let's, let's leave Calgary. Let's go down to Florida and think about that fit. How do you like it? I like it. That means, you know how we were a little nervous. Uh, fuck, what was I going to, I was going to say, so, oh, Anthony Duclair. Sorry. Uh, how yeah, do you think, how do you think, how do you think that's going to, when he comes back, how do you think that's going to shake things out? Do you think he's going to get a higher role now because of the guys that just got taken away? No, because they lost one – they lost a first-line forward and they replaced him with a first-line forward. Cole Schwint is not NHL yet. He played three games last year in the NHL. He played 72 in the AHL where he put up 40 points. So, you know, he's only 21. So, you know, he's got time to pan out there in Calgary. But I think Duclair is going to be top six again. I think that they still want to move Patrick Hornquist. There's still $3 million over the salary cap. That's the thing. Florida is still over the cap. They're going to put Duclair on LTIR. But when he comes back, they got to be cap compliant. And yeah, but how a, much does, how game. much is Hornquist's contract? I believe it's four five or it's between four point five and five point five. So you get him off the books, you're off the, you're you fine. Get a, yeah. You get a, yeah. And then you sign okay. and then you sign Eric Stahl to a nine twenty five one year or seven fifty one year or whatever the hell you want to do, one year off his PTO that he's coming to camp on. Mm-hmm. So you know, I mean it's I think Florida looks good. I, I think that they've got a solid top six. I think that, you know, they, they did what they needed to. They maximized what they got in a, ter- in a sense for those assets. They got a roster player who's young, who's a top-line talent, who's coming off the, a career year at 22 years, 24 years old. His defense was up this year. He also, just like Huberdeau, was great at generating assists off the rush, and he all, but he also puts pucks on net, generates great shots off good passes, and he's very good at – exiting the zone via pass. So it adds a lot to Florida that they didn't necessarily have with Huberto, and it provides Barkov with – and it's almost reminiscent of Colorado's top line in terms of build. Not, not, I'm not saying skill, but in terms of build. You know, you got Ranton and Landis, Scott McKinnon. They're all bigger guys. Now Florida suddenly has that bigger guy look. 
you know, so it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just going to, like I said, new faces in new places. Everything's going to be very different this year, and it's just, I'm excited to see it. I am too, and I, and I think this is going to change the battle of Alberta a lot. No more Cassian, no more Kachuk. So does, yeah. does Calgary try to roll the dice? Hope, you know, wait for Mangiapane, take him to arbitration, get that buyout window, buy out Milan Lucic, and try to sign Nazem Kadri? Ooh. I don't know. There's something that's interesting. There's something to think about. Uh, one other trade that I thought was interesting, and well, before we leave on Matthew Kachuk, it was the first sign and trade in NHL history. Yep. He signed the deal with Calgary, uh, eight years, $9.5 million per year, and then went, got traded to Florida. So that's hence the big return because they had him under contract. It's, it's something that going forward I think we're going to see more of. You know, if, if this – I mean, Chicago gave up the farm for Seth Jones, but if they had done it this way, they would have given up more. You know, if, yeah. they, if you know, you look at other teams that, you know, if Debrinket, if they gave him that extension before getting moved, then whole different story on the return. So very interesting to see if this is the new, you know, new norm going forward. And then the other contract I want to touch on real quick, four years, $8.7 million per year for Patrick Laine in Columbus, locking him up decent amount of money, decent amount of term. You know, what, what do you think on that? I think that's an overpay. I think it's an overpay this year. I don't think it's any year after that. I think it's going to be good. I think he's, I think he's someone who, you know, he felt more comfortable last year. Now you got someone to feed in the puck. Keep in mind, he's a shooter. Goudreau's yeah. not really a shooter. Goudreau's going to move the puck for you, you know? And, and if he can get that puck over on line A stick, we're looking at someone whose goal total is going to be elevated. You know, if, if he's got an elite playmaker on his side, because yeah, Voracek is good. He's, you know, he's a very good playmaker, but not in the same level as Goudreau, you know, and not, especially not anymore, you know. So I'm interested to see how he even improves more going into next season. I think it might look like an overpay this year, but down the road, I think this is going to pan out nicely for them. However, it was costly. Cost them Oliver Bjorkstrand. He got traded to Seattle for a third and a fourth in this upcoming draft. Bjorkstrand's 24 years old, 27 years old has four years left on a contract making $5.4 million a year. He had 57 points in 80 games last year. DB, what do you got to say about this one? I think Seattle's doing it right. I think so too. Talk about maximizing, you know, they finally have begun to maximize their draft picks and cap space. Yep. They're beginning to weaponize it. You know, they're Bill Armstrong's been doing it in Arizona. We talk about every single podcast, how great he's doing. Ron Francis is starting to do it in Seattle. He adds Burakovsky with this cap space. There's a top six winger. He adds Bjorkstrand for a third and a fourth, coming off a 57-point season. That's nothing. He adds him. There's another winger for your top six. Now, all of a sudden, you got Schwartz, Eberle, um, McCann, if you put him on the wing, Bjorkstrand, and Burakovsky as top six guys. That's, that's five wingers. Or McCann could be a center. But then down the middle, you've got Shane Wright coming up. You've got Matty Beneers. If you count McCann, then you got McCann there. That's three top six centers in a, in a two years or a year from now even. And then you've got Yanni Gord and you've got Alex Wenberg. So you're, you're deep up front. And on your third line, you've got Tanev and Donskoy on the wings. You are now suddenly looking like an offensive powerhouse. Yeah, a lot of those guys are in the upper range of their prime. Definitely not Bjorkstrand, in my opinion. Definitely not Burakovsky. But you can sell those – I bet you can sell those guys who are uh, up there in age and trading for yeah. assets at the deadlines and – 
Exactly, where their contracts soon expire. And then you keep adding these young guys who either don't get qualified or they're very young free agents. So I love it. I, or take advantage of other people's, you know, lack of cap space. They need to add on the back end. But other than that, I think Grubauer is a bounce back year. I think Chris Dreyer, now that he's healthy, uh, assuming he's healthy at the start of the year, he'll be good. And Martin Jones is a third string, making $2 million a year is a lot for a third string. But they struggled with injuries in that last year, and that was a huge part of why their season went so poorly. So I'm interested to see how they do this year. But Bjork Strand, it's a big ad. That is a very big ad, and I really feel like Seattle's doing it right. And he's one. The one thing about interesting about him, you know, I talked about I talked about Huberto not being too great at this, but Bjorkstrand. What really stands out to me is his forechecking. He is so good at getting in that puck, getting to those corners, you know, forechecking, pressing the puck loose, and generating shots uh, in the zone towards the top in the league, top four percent of players in the NHL per J Fresh at generating shots in the offensive zone, or you know, shooting in the offensive zone. So he's someone who puts the puck on the net. He's great at finishing, great at, great at defense, too, and great at forechecking. So a really nice ad for Seattle to address some spots where maybe they're a little bit weaker up front. So Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, other news. Same division, staying in the Pacific. David Quinn is the new coach of the San Jose Sharks. We talked about not liking this move. Had it have been – who else was close to hiring the him? The Boston Bruins. The Boston Bruins. I don't hate this one for Seattle – or for San Jose. I do. I, I hate it for I hate it for San Jose. I hate it because he should not be an NHL coach. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna say right now I'm gonna give him a shot in San Jose, a team that desperately kind of needs that shakeup, a team that I don't know they could kind of go either way. He's got a three year contract there. He ties to Mike Greer in New York. I had saw I had said that I thought it'd be Chris Snowblock. It wasn't. He went with David Quinn instead. Other candidates: Ryan Warsawski. Spencer Carberry and Mike Vellucci. Warsawski is coming off. Um, he's coming off a Calder. Thanks, God. Calder Cup championship. Can you, can you speak today? Can't speak today. Calder Cup championship with Chicago. He's 34 years old. Carberry spent the last three years prior to this recent one as the Hershey head coach. Last year he was Toronto's assistant. He is only 40. And then Mike Vellucci has a career behind the bench and in front office. His last two years as the Penguins assistant. Before that, he was Wilkes-Barre's general manager and head coach. And from 2017 to 19, he was Charlotte's head coach and the Canes assistant GM. So three other very qualified candidates that I think we're going to start seeing their name pop up a lot more places as Warsawski and um, Carberry. This is their first time really popping up in any, any uh, finalists for an interview or for a head coaching job. So yeah, I mean, I just don't think this David Quinn San Jose thing is going to pan out. Like, you say they need a shake-up, but then they do a shake-up with one uh, of those new guys. Yeah, I know, I know. But they also – do they need more than a head coaching shake-up? Yeah, probably. They still – dude, their goalies under contract is nuts. They still got to move a goalie. They've got to move one of Kockinen. I have Hill, a feeling they're going to pull Reiner. something out of their ass. Well – but then you look at a team like Seattle, who's got Grubauer, Dreiger, and Martin Jones all making over two million or a million yeah. NHL contracts one way. So now it's kind of like, well, maybe they keep all three, you know. But I really don't think they should, and I think it buries your guys in the AHL. You know, bringing back Aaron Dell is probably not the best idea for your AHL either. Burying guys like Strauss Mann if he plays in the A this year, Zach Edmond. So 
I mean, you know, it's and and E2 Mac and Yemi, who they just acquired from Carolina. But yeah, San Jose, they, you know, they got some other business done too. They, uh, they got RFA, Steven Lorenz, who was recently acquired from Carolina. They got his deal done two years, 1.05 million per year, avoiding arbitration. Solid. I don't hate that. I like Lorenz. I don't either. I, I mean, six. I do too. He's a good bottom. Yeah, exactly. A good bottom six guy. I don't hate that either. I don't. No. It's it's nice, you know. You're you're getting that you're getting someone on your bottom six tidied away for that much. Who's a, who's a, a strong physical presence, you know. If you can get them for one point zero five million, you're you're doing something right. You can lock that bottom line up all around that contract. You're only spending three million if and if they're good guys in your bottoms. Your bottom line makes such a big difference in the season and the play. If the, you know, obviously, I'm not saying San Jose's make the playoffs, but for playoff teams, that that bottom line is huge. So for San Jose to lock up a guy like Steven Lorenz, who's still on the younger side, I like it. I really do. I like that. I like that signing or re-signing. And yeah. before we get into the rest of the signings, uh, Ian Scott has announced his retirement from professional hockey. 23 years old, Maple Leafs goaltending prospect, drafted 110th overall and I believe 2018. 2018, I think that sounds right. I just picked him up in franchise mode yesterday. I'm rebuilding the Coyotes. I'll show you my team in a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, you have to you, send me pictures after, after we get off. Send me pictures. Yeah, I will. I will. But I picked him up, eighty-four overall, and he tanked right when I signed him in free agency. And really? I was kind of yeah. Or no, I picked you know, him up off waivers, and he had two oh, years left on his contract. Oh, off waivers. And then I had, Damn. Yep. Yep, that's what it was. That's solid. That's that's a solid hut or not hut franchise mode legend for sure. But you know, in real life, he battled with injuries and you know it just you know couldn't get healthy and couldn't really get that shot you know in the nhl but dominant in the chl when he was playing in the dub dominant 2018-19 you ready for this one played with the prince albert raiders 49 games played had a 932 and a 183 wow that's solid and he won a lot of awards you know we'll talk about this We'll talk about this later. I, I really hope that we get a chance to really discuss this later. I, I think we might. Um, but, yeah, a few episodes down the line, we'll keep an eye on. We'll, we'll bring this back up. And we'll bring Duncan Keith back up, too. I want to talk more about the guys who retired throughout the league this summer and maybe have an episode about that. We'll see. More All right. We got to – we'll knock out some free agent talk before we head to break. Um. Gabriel Carlson, Washington, solid depth, left side D, one year, 750. I like it for Washington. I like, I like adding depth on the defensive end, uh, older core. You're going to battle injuries throughout the season, you know, to add some younger, you know, add some youth that can bounce between the NHL and AHL is huge. Yeah. Let's see. You know, I should have started with, uh, should have started with a couple of the larger signings. I don't know why that's the first one I went to. Pierre-Luc Dubois took his qualifying offer. One year, yep. six million. He's uh, going to be a Montreal Canadian next got, season or at the trade deadline. He's got he's got one more year of RFA, though. Oh. So he takes this qualifying. Next year he takes that qualifying. And then he, can be a, then he can be a free agent. Okay, true. But I don't think it's going to come down to that. I don't, I don't I think either. This is a, I think this is a formality. I think this is, okay, we got him locked up at six. He took the qualifying offer. Had he have taken it earlier, it would have been 6.6. Um, had he have taken it before um, free agency had started, or when he was qual- or before a certain day, it would have been 6.6 million for one year. But it's six, Jeez. one year, a contract that 
you know, you can move out. You know, it's still a con. It's a contract. It's doable to move out. And I don't know who's really interested anymore. I know, Mo- I know Mo- he's interested in Montreal. I'm sure Montreal's interested in him. They didn't draft a center at the fir- in the first over. They didn't draft Wright or Cooley. They drafted a winger in Slavkovsky. They've got Suzuki, who is a very good center, but, you know, almost a, a lower-end top center, in my opinion. So if you add a higher-end 2C, like Pierre-Luc Dubois, then you're looking good down the middle. But that's a team that's got to clear out cap before they start looking at that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I do like that fit, though. And around the league, I, there's a couple other fits I like. I like them in Anaheim. I would like them in Anaheim. Arizona is not in on anybody uh, like that. I just had yeah. been confirmed. They weren't in on Kachuk, even though he was born here. Not raised, born. Talking about that last pod. Um, they weren't in on Kadri, although some reports tried to say they were. They're not. The Canadian market that was trying to say they were is just – you know, trying to stir stuff because they know Matthews is leaving. And, yeah, so I don't I don't really know who else, though. There's not many teams that you think, okay, they got the cap, they've got the money. Seattle is a team that was interesting to me, but they've, they're locked up at center. Um, yeah, yeah, they're just – they have no reason to get a center. And, no, yeah, you can't – I don't know why <laughs> Seattle would be interested at all. Buffalo is the only other team that I could see. I I can too. I can too. I think the Sabres can do that. You know, it's tough, you know, because Sabres are one of my favorite teams. But looking at it in, you know, the fact that – look at what Seattle just did with their cap space. They brought in Bjorkstrand for a third and a fourth. Why the fuck wasn't Buffalo all over that and said, hey, we'll give you a second and a third? Yeah, you literally. Because that's Cause still, not... I feel like, a good trade. Yeah. it's And it's a core that needs a little bit of bolstering. It's a team that has a lot of money – and is almost ready to take another step, not a playoff step because they don't have the goaltending yet, but another step towards that, you know, level of success. And if yeah. hopefully Devin Levi signs at the end of the year, then Buffalo can really take some more steps, but we'll see. I was interested in that, uh, that signing there. And then I think there was a few other qualifying offers accepted, but before we get into that, we'll get into, well, before we go to break in a little, we'll get into two more. Nino Niederreiter, Nashville. You're a little hyped about that. I know that that was a, a low-key signing that helps you guys out. Yeah, it was. You know, I, wouldn't, I don't even know I'd call it low-key. I think that's – I mean, it's huge. Our top six – I mean, okay, yeah, it's not a low-key signing. No, I know but, what you mean, though. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Our, yeah, our top six was eh, not – you know, it was, it was a playoff top six, but it wasn't – it's not a, nowhere near a Stanley Cup top six. It's, you know, we got swept in the first I don't round think it's year. still – I don't still don't think it's a Stanley Cup top six. It's I don't a either. lot better. But it's a lot better. You know, we talked about this last time. We talked about the Predators lineup. Um, oh, fuck, I got something stuck in my throat. <coughs> uh, two years, yeah, two years, four million per year. Holy fuck. It's, yeah. Um, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God, dude. I can't even. My eyes are watering. Um, 44 points in, in 75 games. I like that. I like that ad for the wing, uh, Nashville. You know, they got so many guys who can play center. Oh, fuck. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back. Yeah, go take your break, dude. You can't even fucking talk. Like, come on. (laughs) All right, I'm back from near death. There we go. Choking on Cheerios. Or remnants of Cheerios, I guess. All right. We left off at Nino. We'll skip that. We already finished that conversation. Uh, Kasperi Kapanen, two years, 3.2 in Pittsburgh. 
I like it for whatever team acquires him, whenever they do it. Yep, it's just a matter of time before it gets traded. Uh, we'll go through. I'll go through a couple of the uh, couple of the prospects who signed, and then we'll talk about them kind of as a whole. You know, talk about the ones we want to talk about. So, we've got Cole Lind in Seattle, eight hundred fifty k one year. Carson Twarinski in Seattle, seven fifty k one year. Jesper Boquist. 874K, one year in New Jersey. Trey Fix Wolanski, 750K, one year Columbus. Jack Studnicka, 763K, two years Boston. Matthew Phillips, Calgary, 750K, one year. Yerho, uh, oh fuck. Vakanen, 850K, two years in Anaheim. Simone Benoit, 750K, one year Anaheim. Ali Erickson Eck, 750K, one year Anaheim. Gabe Velarde, 825K, one year LA. Jarrett Anderson Dolan, one year 750K, LA. And then Jonathan Kovacevic, three years 767K in Winnipeg. DB, anything there stand out to you? Um, Not really. I really feel like it's just that, you know, like all you those signs. You those, don't like no, the Velarde one? I mean, okay, he had a he had a decent season in the AHL. Not a decent season. He had a good season in the AHL. I think that Velarde signing is going to be, of course, the best one out of all of them. But I like I like the Velarde, but I also like the Jack Studnicka. Those are my two. Okay, so, yes, yeah, Studn. I was going to say something about him too. Yeah, you, these are tester contracts, in my opinion. Seven sixty three for two years. You know, he might be in the minors because that's a two way. I'm guessing, right? Yeah, should be. So he might be in the minors this year, and then, you know, the way Boston goes, if they get Bergeron back, you know, maybe he comes in and slots in for a guy like Patrice Bergeron the year after, because I don't feel like Bergeron's in Boston much longer, if no. ever. I don't, think he's, I don't think he's in the NHL much longer. If he doesn't go back to Boston in the next couple of weeks, make it a – they posted happy birthday to him today. So happy birthday, Patrice Bergeron. I'm waiting for the contract announcement later in the evening. I'm sure it's coming today. But – yeah, if they don't bring him back or they don't bring David Krejci back, then your center core looks like Charlie Coyle, Pavel Zacha, Jack Studnicka, uh, Oscar Steen, and I'm sure I'm missing someone. But that's kind of your center core. Yeah. And uh, Thomas Noshek. So that's your center core. That's your five centers. So definitely if they don't bring in Krejci or – Bergeron that I think Jack Studnick has a second pairing center this year. 100%. On a cheap contract. I feel, I feel like he, uh, this is his prove it. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I think so too. Uh, and there was one other signing that I didn't get to there, but Jeff Millot in Winnipeg, 763K, two years, had 41 points in 62 AHL games last year. I'm interested to see how he does if he gets NHL time this year. And then the only signing on here that's with a new team is Will Butcher in Dallas, 750K, one year. Everything else was re-signings. Uh, beside Nino. Nino, yeah. Butcher, and Gabriel Carlson were the three that signed it, that weren't re-signings. So. I, I like that signing for Dallas. You know, it's a team that just – they need to, you know, add more, especially losing Klingberg on that back end. Get a couple guys who can be fringe, you know can maybe shock you, make the lineup play well under your system. I mean, Will Butcher was highly touted a while back. So I'm interested to see how he does in Dallas this year. Me too. I feel like uh, it's going to be very interesting for a guy like him. He had so much upside, but 
these last couple of years, he really just hasn't shown it. So maybe he gets, you know, that career revamp in Dallas. Yeah, I, I hope so. And then uh, Dallas also bought out Yaheni Oksianchuk. He's on unconditional waivers. Um, he's playing Belarus. Interested to see what he does next. And Minnesota this morning bought out or placed placed uh, on unconditional waivers. Alexander Kovanov, 2018 third-round draft pick. Likely he'll go back to the KHL. And then a couple uh, AHL signings here and a European signing. Mitch Van Sample went to Colorado in the AHL. Ty Ronning and Tanner Kaspik, Iowa of the AHL. Beck Warm, Rochester of the AHL. And Sabres RFA, R2 Rootsalainen, is going to Switzerland. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I just bought a bunch of uh, – got a bunch of, like, KHL cards the other day and European cards. Of course, yeah. his was one. His was one Aww. of them. Still shipping in my house, and now he's not in the NHL. So, awesome. That's Great. a tough one. That's a, tough a very one. tough one. Um, let's see. We got, we got a lot of time left, which is nice. We got some questions, and I want to talk about arbitration dates. There's a couple big ones. Um, first up, what day is today? What's the date? 20, today. 24? Today's the 24th. Yeah. So, in three days is the first arbitration hearing in the NHL. After that, there's basically one a day. And at the end, there's five scheduled right now. <clears throat> so, 727, you got Isaac Lundstrom in Anaheim. So, I'll run through it, and then we'll talk about him. 729, you've got Jesse Pugliarvi, Edmonton. August 1st, Matthew Joseph, Ottawa. August 2nd, Yakov Trenin, Nashville. August 3rd, Jesper Bratt, New Jersey. August 5th, Andrew Mangiapane, Calgary. August 6th, Miles Wood, New Jersey. This is the only arbitration that was um, generated by the team because Tuchuk's was too, but Tuchuk has signed in Florida since then, technically in Calgary and then traded to Florida. 8-7, August 7th, Tyler Yamamoto, Edmonton. August 8th, the big, the big guys, my Two two guys that I would love to have on my team if I was a GM that would that would just dummy guys. Lawson Krause, Arizona, Zach McEwen, Philly, and then Ethan Bear, Carolina. August 9th, Max LaHoy, Carolina. August 10th, Keegan Colsar, Vegas, and Oliver Shillington, Calgary. And then August 11th, the last day of um, arbitration dates is Mason Appleton, Winnipeg, Morgan Geeky, Seattle, Tice Thompson, New Jersey, Jake Wallman, Detroit, and Pavel Zacha, Boston. DB, who do you want to talk it's, about first? Do you want to talk about Pugliarvi first? Yeah, I just really feel like a team, as soon as this arbitration deal is done, I feel like a team, so they're going to be calling Edmonton and making their uh, pitch for Jesse Pugliarvi. I mean, it's obvious. You've they don't to. want him. Dude, the, the fact that people are offering such shitty offers for him is nuts, dude. And he's a solid player. You're going to be able to get him for cheap, though. You are. The, the rest of the summer, he'll go for something cheap. But he's such a good player, and he's, he still has a decent – he still has a decently high ceiling. He's still young. He, his numbers last year, his underlying numbers throughout the season, the playoffs, were pretty good. So definitely someone who, if you're a team with a strong analytics department, you're taking a shot on him. Because you know yeah. that his underlying numbers are, you know, pretty good. Um, I agree. Isaac Lundstrom. Right, so for for Puyarvi, I'm going between two and three million. And I say okay. one to two. Obviously, it's one to two years. But I'm saying two to three million. Uh, Isaac okay. Lundstrom will probably be around a million. 
Matthew Joseph probably – I'm going to go for Matthew Joseph. I'm going to say he gets like 1.25 based on the Steve and Lorenz contract. And I say it's a, I say they settle it before arbitration. It's two years, 1.25. Book it right now. Yakov Trenin, I think that's going to arbitration. In Nashville. Okay. Great playoffs for him. I think he's someone who gets between uh, – I think he gets over – over two. I think he gets like 2.2 one year. Uh, and the interesting one, Jesper Bratt, what are you thinking, DB? What do you give? What are you offering him right oh. now in your New Jersey? Oh. Upward date. You think upward date? Over how long, though, if you do that? By six. By six. Okay, so like 8.25 by six. Yeah. Okay, I yeah. don't hate that. I really don't. Andrew Mangiapane, I think it's going to be settled before arbitration. I think it's going to be like a four-year deal in Calgary, maybe five. Uh, Miles Wood, I think they're going to try to get him around a million. Yeah. Good. Just He's just going to be a bottom-line guy, but he just brings the physical presence and he can put the puck in the net. So, you know, you get him for around a million at the steal in my eyes. Kind of around the All same right. price as like a Joseph or uh, oh, what's yeah. his name? Lorenz. Yeah, and when he's healthy this year. Exactly. Um, you know, when he's healthy this year, he'll be good. So, you know, it's it's that's going to be something that's going to be nice for New Jersey. If they can get him at a lower price point, talk about really, uh, you know, benefiting there. Um, who's next? Let's see. Um, I got to head a step away from my list of arbitration dates for a second. Uh, Yamamoto. I think he'll be similar to Puyarvi. I think he'll get a little bit more. I think Edmonton wants him more. He's the guy out yeah, they want to keep. Exactly. I think he's going to get like maybe three, four. Lawson Kraus, I would pay. I'm going to go three, five. I'm going to say you want to settle this before arbitration because if he's one year, I believe he's a UFA next summer. You want to go four years, 3.5 on Lawson Kraus. Book it right now. Call me dumb. Okay. Do whatever. I, I like him a lot, and I'd pay him that money to stay. Because I think he, I okay. think he's someone who can play in the Coyotes' top six, obviously, right now, but for a while. Uh, Zach McEwen, I like him in Philly. Probably a million. I, he probably wants a one-way contract. I'd give him a one-way. And Ethan Bear, Carolina, not too sure. Max LaHoy, Carolina. Again, I don't know if these guys will make to arbitration or if they'll even be on those same teams by then. Um, Oliver Shillington, I think, gets north of four. Yeah, he's he's gonna be getting he's gonna get paid. And Pavel Zacha, I think, gets settled before, but I think that's around three and a half by two. Okay. Okay. Um let's see. So got nice nice amount of time right now. We're sitting about forty minutes, thirty five minutes for some questions. We kind of answered this earlier, but I'll go over it again. If if Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger resign in Calgary, is it a fleecing? Is it safe yeah. to call it a fleece? It's got to be. Yeah. It's got to be. Jonathan Huberto had, I believe, 108 – or no, 100. sorry. He had 115 points last year in 80 games, 30 goals, 83 apples. He struggled in the playoffs. He – five points in 10 games. And Mackenzie Weger put up 44 points in 80 games. So, fun fact about him, his uncle is actually Craig Revae. Um, oh. NHL defenseman for the Sabres for San Jose, and I believe he spent some time in. I want to say Columbus, but I definitely could be wrong on that. Okay, but former captain of the Buffalo Sabres. Um, 
yeah, so I thought that was interesting. I had no idea about that until a little bit earlier doing some research. And, you know, to check in 104 points in 82 games and then 10 and 12 in the playoffs, 10 points in 12 games. I, I think, again, like we said earlier, I think it's a good fit for, for Florida. I think it's a good move for Florida, but I think they gave up a lot, especially if they re-sign in Calgary. Yeah. And I think it would be a fleecing. But at the same time, I think, you know, it's hindsight is one of Uyghur and Huberdo would be able to stay in Florida. Not both. Only one of, one of those guys would have been able to stay. Yeah. Otherwise, you would have had to move Sam Reinhardt and Anthony Duclair or Anthony Duclair or Carter Verhage or Gustav Forsling or Aaron Ekblad. You know, you would have had to make tough choices because Bobrovsky, it's a contract that you can't get rid of. And I'm pretty sure I, that I agree. I mean, easy. I agree. You know, they, they, I just feel like it's going to be a fleecing because they are going to re-sign in Calgary. I think Calgary's going to pull something out of their ass after, you know, I, I saw everyone was all pissed in Calgary about how they they lose Goudreau and Tuchuk, and I'm like, you know, just because you lose your stars does not mean much. You get well, if a lot of – the, if, if they didn't get these guys back and they just lost both of them, whole different story, but I get what you're saying. I agree. Yeah, yeah you like – exactly. They they made a trade with Matthew Tuchuk to bring in guys that, you know, could still help them win and, now. And you addressed your biggest weakness. You addressed the back end. And your second biggest weakness after losing Goudreau is not goal scoring. It's, it's a playmaker, yeah. you know, because Mangiapane can score. Put him on the top line. Have it be Huberto, Lindholm, and Mangiapane, and, and it's going to be an interesting season for Andrew. I mean, Mangiapane is going to have an interesting year. 35 goals, 20 apples last year. So, you know, playing alongside a guy like Huberto, who I think is a – I think he's a better playmaker than Goudreau. I think Goudreau is better all around. But, you know, it's, I'm interested to see how that goes. So Yeah, no, I am too. I am too. I think Calgary, like I said, is going to pull something out of their ass. Yeah, uh, I agree. Next question was, if you were Bill Zito, what would you have given up for Matthew Kachuk? What's the most you would have given up? Uh, nothing more than he gave up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, no, yeah. And, and nobody. But I, would I have done anything differently? Uh, probably. I don't know, though. It's tough because you just got Reinhardt. If yeah, you move Reinhardt, I wouldn't if you move have gotten Reinhardt, rid of. I wouldn't have gotten rid of Mackenzie Weger. You had the problem is you had to make the money. You had to make the money make sense, and there's still three million over the cap. Okay, so, that's very true. But like I know they've been shopping Weger, but Weger's one of their uh, better defensemen. Fucking dude, Ottawa should have been all over that. I know they were, but they should have really. They should have pushed harder at the end. I mean, yeah. to get, I mean, it seems like the asking price wouldn't have been that relatively high unless they value Kachuk as a top 10 player in the NHL, which they definitely could have him around that value. Um, Cause again, he's only 24. We don't know what next season is this season an anomaly or is this season, the new normal? That's the tough part. You know, you're banking on right now, you know, last year, his analytics even were way down, not this previous season, but the one before the team had a bad year, but his numbers were pretty bad too. So yeah, it's a bounce back year, but is this how it's going to continue to go? Or is it going to be up and down throughout the rest? I don't think he's going to be someone who gets 100 points every year. I think 85 to 90, maybe, which is still great. Still, Don't get me wrong. It's great. Point per game. Over a point per game. I don't think this 104 is reflective of how the rest of his career goes. Okay. I like that opinion out of you. I think I can somewhat agree with it. I think he might have maybe next year another 100 points, and then after that, start to you know drop off but i don't know i mean the tough thing about him 
is, yeah, sure, he had a great year. He had great points-wise. But even take away the points, he brings so much more to the table. So if he is a 90-point player, he still brings that whole different whole different skill set than a normal 90-point player brings. Yeah. If that yeah. made any sense. No, that you know, makes complete sense. You're right. Minus, minus maybe Rantanen or maybe Landeskog. You know, those top-end top, yeah. top end lines, you don't really see a guy who can play like Matthew Kachuk. And I think that Florida's trying to, you know, Florida's kind of looking, okay, what's something that we can emulate from Colorado here that's attainable? Getting Kale McCarr or Kale McCarr-level caliber defenseman, there's none in the NHL right now. McCarr is the best defenseman in the National Hockey League. Roman Yossi is very, very good, but all around talking, no one can drive a play like McCarr. Right. Yossi would be second in terms of driving the play, in my opinion, by a wide margin still. You know, so you can't just go out and add someone who's going to have the same impact as Makar. So then you look other ways. Well, what else happened? You know, Colorado was a heavy four-checking team. They drove teams to be tired. They drove teams' defenses, you know, through a wall. Landeskog, McKinnon, Rantanen. It's a big first line. A lot of teams, I think, are going to try to emulate, you know, bringing in a guy like Kachuk instead of bringing in a guy like Goudreau. You know who's under who's under six foot, under five nine, around five nine, I think five eight, five nine. Yeah, something like versus that. Versus Matthew Kachuk, who's over six foot. So, you know, it's interesting. It's something that I definitely Florida's going to be a team to watch. But we'll move on because we spent a lot of time talking about them today. Oh All yeah, right. we the last two episodes have been Calgary. Oh yeah, Calgary in crisis, and now the opposite. You know, it's so if Matt if Carey Price is healthy and Caulfield plays. Uh, Caulfield, you know, is just great, essentially. And Slavkovsky has a caller-level season. Does Montreal make the playoffs? Yes. I'm hesitant on this one. I think yes. I think, I think there's a lot more factors than just that. If Carey Price is 100% and at the top of his game, I think they have a good shot. Because they're going to do – and if, if Caulfield's playing great, too, then they get the offensive side of it, too. You know, their oh. defense is not – great their defensive core is by no means great you know no Weber no Jeff Petrie those were two huge parts of that run obviously Carey Price was the biggest part but there was some help on defense you know Weber was a shot blocking machine who could also generate offense Matheson is very good I like that pickup in my opinion but I don't I think they're a play that they could make the playoffs under those circumstances but I don't think they'd make it for much further than round one okay I think that's fair that is fair. That is fair. I think that was yeah. That's a fair, fair, fair point. But in honesty, I don't think they're a playoff team this year. No, just in general. I don't know. You generally you'll never, speaking, you'll never know. I guess I I I don't know. You could go any any way. So I'm just gonna you know wait till it happens. I don't want to make a Montreal uh, prediction. No, you will. You'll have to because we're gonna do this. The four episodes before the season will be predictions on every team and going over their off season. However. At wow. that point, at that point, we'll have an idea. We can even save the Atlantic for last for you. We'll have an idea on if Carey Price is playing or not, and if he's that's healthy. true. Right now, that's it's kind true. of you know nobody really knows. Maybe we know, we maybe won't have an idea, but if Jake Allen's also healthy, I think they're a good team. I think they're an okay team. You know, they got some more moves to make throughout the rest of the offseason. I think so. I'm I'm not ready to comment one way or another on how I think they'll do as is. All right, last question, biggest one, most underrated signing. Of the offseason. It's a two-parter, so we'll do this part first. Most underrated signing of the offseason. Oh, you go first. You go first. Oh, fuck, dude. You really doing this to me? Let's see. I just want to see the uh, 
what I've got written down for big signings a couple weeks ago. Most underrated. Oh, goodness. Um, accounting for the contract. I'll go accounting for the contract. Um, I think a lot of people unfairly shit on a signing, and I'll talk about that one, but it's definitely not my most underrated. My most underrated is Mason Marchment in Dallas. Yeah, four by four and a half. Four by four and a half. It's a decent chunk of change. But for what he's going to bring to the to a heavy hitting central division on a team that you know is is a pressing team under a new coaching staff, uh, Pete DeBoer, I like DeBoer. So I think he's going to do very well under him, and I think he's going to have a very good year. And if he's the guy who's playing alongside Ben and Sagan, that line is going to fucking bang. So there's one in terms of putting up numbers. I'm going to go David Perron in Detroit. That's going to be a real nice signing. And the one that I think was unfairly shit on is Nick DeLaurier in Philly. And a lot of people are, oh, my God, is someone signed an enforcer for four years? Uh, Nick DeLaurier brings a lot to the fucking table. 1.75 mil, four years. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I know I talk a lot about analytics and stuff, but hockey's a little bit of both. You can't be under- all of one. You can't be all of the other. And DeLaurier is someone who's, no, well, he's an enforcer. He doesn't have the greatest analytics. But what he brings to the table on a team like Philly is going to be nuts. It's going to be huge. And one more, I like on ice and purposes for on ice purposes. I love the Tony D'Angelo move for Philly. I think he's going to bring offense, you know, offensive defenseman there. He's going to really generate offense. Um, they still need to address the defensive defensive side of the things. All right, your turn. I just have one and it's going to sound very crazy, but watch Nowhere. Chicago with Max Domi. Uh, you mean watch Max Domi in Chicago? I wouldn't be. I'm not watching. Well, like Chicago. no, watch no, watch Chicago with Max Domi. You think that he's going to? I think he's going to do good there. I still think that's going to be the worst team in the NHL. I agree too, but I'm not saying I'm not saying that Chicago's going to benefit. Or Chicago's going to benefit from getting rid uh, of him. Okay, so you're saying watch Max Domi with Chicago, not watch Chicago with Max. Oh, I gotcha. We'll see what they do. No, what? I'm yeah, no, say. I know, I know, I got you. See okay, what they do with okay. him. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? I want to add one more underrated signing, Andre Pilat oh, in, shit, in New yeah. Jersey, Six alongside alongside Jack Hughes. It's gonna be wild. All yeah, right, that is gonna be that is gonna be pretty sick. Second second part of this question was who's gonna have a breakout with their new team? Doesn't matter. Trade signing doesn't matter. I'm gonna go Andre Burakovsky. No, 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 no. I take that back. I'm gonna go. Mm. what team if, if it was what teams could have a breakout with their new players it's seattle uh but you know their guys had good years last year so breakout db you go first on this one i mm. i know it's tough because breakout kind of like implies they weren't having a great year before that's what i'm saying i'm gonna go oh fuck andre kuzmenko in vancouver it's his first year in the nhl I'm going to go Kuzmenko, and I'm going to go Ilya Mikheyev in Vancouver. I was about to say Mikheyev. I was going to say Mikheyev. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to say Kuzmenko. Oh, damn. Yeah, okay, well, I agree with uh, you there. I feel like and I'll go Vancouver is going to be the Russian Russian masterpiece. Yeah. I'll do one more for you. I'll make it easy. You can have Mikheyev. Yuraj Slavkovsky. Oh, my God. Yep. <clears throat> and Dylan Coughlin in, in Vegas. I think there's a, it's hard to answer this question. There's a lot of guys to watch. You know, and there's a lot of uh, guys in new places 
that are going to be real fun to watch. And I'm looking forward to later in the off season during the dog days of, you know, breaking down the team's acquisitions and, and what they're going to look like this year, because, you know, we talk about it every pod and we talk about the moves, but now looking back over the last couple months, a team like Ottawa has a whole new look, Seattle, whole new look, Detroit, entirely new look, you know, Vancouver, a lot has changed, but I'm still waiting on one. There's got to be a shoe to drop in Vancouver. They added a lot of guys up front. Do you move JT Miller for a defenseman? Yeah. You got to. If you move JT Miller, you get a defenseman in return. But at this point. Oh, hold up. Clayton, 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 Clayton. Yeah. Sounds. For me? No, 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 no. I, I have just a nice little, you know, just Islanders thought. Maybe it's just because. Uh, Okay. I'm thinking too much. Say Noah Dobson, I dare you. No, it's not Noah Dobson. We haven't signed Romanov still yet. No. We can give the rights to Alexander Romanov and some a pick and maybe another prospect for JT Miller. Do you think that's an overpay? I think a few things. I'll tell you a few things that you that you ready? You ready? Yes, we need this top four defenseman in Romanov, but I feel like in a personal opinion with the New York Who said he hasn't been signed yet? That's all I'm going to say. Well, okay, that's very true. I know that. That's the tough thing. I have a feeling that all this shit is done. He doesn't have to report it until Labor Day. Fucking Um, That's the shit thing, dude. You don't know what the hell happened. He's supposed to. He's supposed to technically – it's supposed to be reported right away. But uh, even if he does report it, and it doesn't get leaked until, you know, he releases a press statement. Like, it's, it can be reported to NHL Central Registry and not yeah. be published. I'm pretty sure. Unless he just doesn't report them. But for RFAs, it's tough because then you're thinking, well, they could get offer sheeted. I have a feeling that, there's, that, that Lou's got some stuff done that he's just keeping under wraps. It's been awfully quiet around a few guys. Um, I'm, I'm confused still about some of these guys who are unsigned. Jonathan Darlene. From San Jose, uh, Danton Heinen from Pittsburgh, Evan Rodriguez from Pittsburgh, Sam Steele, I guess, maybe I get with this investigation of 2018 team. I know he denied having any role in it, but maybe teams are hesitant until the investigation's findings. Either way, he's still unsigned. Very good player. Um, P.K. Subban, still unsigned. I thought that was interesting. I think that's holding up for John Klingberg, who's also still unsigned. Kadri, unsigned. Kessel, unsigned. There's a lot of guys who are unsigned, and I gotta have a Sony Milano, who's an absolute unreal playmaker. There's a couple guys who I feel like the Islanders have got to be having something to do with. I hope so. You can't. You're well, you know. And before we go into this long Islanders rant, you can't just sit there with your hands tied, with your hands tied, and you have a one eleven point one million dollars. Okay, Dobson between five and six, Romanov three. Okay, you have four million dollars basically. You got to make a move. Something's got to get done. You got to improve that team. I just don't think anything's getting done, dude. I just, you know, I just get to sit I'm here glad and to think see and be mentality. I'm just That's me yeah. with the Sabres. The Sabres have so much money and they could be really weaponizing this cap space, but they acquired Ben Bishop's contract for future considerations. They didn't even <laughs> squeeze anything out of it. They didn't squeeze anything out of anyone. There's no, it's, it was, yeah, we'll do a favor for you. You know, is Kevin Adams the right GM in Buffalo? I don't know. 
I hate to say this. I hate to be questioning this because it's it's every year we have this happen. You know, two years yeah. of GM, three years of a different, a year of another. Pat LaFontaine, a few months as president of Hockey Ops. So, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. But there's going to be – I think that we're going to get some more interesting stuff this offseason in the next couple weeks here. Me too. I think I think there's going to be some more shoes to fall. I think I don't think Columbus is done. I really don't. Okay. Well, I think Jake Bean is getting discussed. And I think I think Arizona as of right now, I think the plan is to bring back Chickering. Yeah. I don't I don't think they have any problem and I wouldn't. I wouldn't have any problem bringing him back. He's a very good player, but if I'm Arizona, do I really want a very good player on my back end right now? No, I want a very good prospect. You know, eh. so I'm interested to see what they do if they keep him. Or right now, I think that's the plan. But all it takes is a phone call. Very true. You know, if if Florida all of a sudden says, "Hey, you know, we got a oh fuck, dude," Florida brings in Chikrin, addresses the hole that Uyghur left, and moves out some money. But I don't know if Florida wants. To, I don't know if Florida wants to do all that. But there's something interesting because Chicken's got what two years left. Now he had three. Now he's got two. Yeah. Or is it three counting this year or two counting? Whatever. He's got. He's not up at the end of the year. That's the thing that matters. He's at four point six million. If you can say to Arizona, "Hey, retain half," because what the fuck does Arizona care? Then he's making two point three. And all of a sudden, all you have to really do is move Hornquist and maybe a bottom six guy who makes a little bit too much money. You're right. And now, and now you have your Mackenzie Weger. You have him back, basically, and Jacob Chikrin, who's younger. And then you have a little bit of time to decide, okay, what do we want to do? And he's from Florida. And what are you going to have to give up? You're probably going to have to give up something you don't want to. If I'm the Coyotes, who am I asking them to give up? First off, I'm asking Spencer Knight. It's never happening. Um, but I'm asking Anton Lundell. Yeah. The Coyotes drafted Cooley, who's a center, but he's a couple years out. He's going to college. Lundell is a very, very good player, and that's a, that's a top C. Logan Cooley could be a top C, but Anton Lundell is going to be a number one center in the National Hockey League. Book it right now. Dude's 20. He's playing, playing the third line in Florida. That's on very a, true. On one of the best teams last year. So – or the best team last year. I think they won the Presidents. They did. So I'm interested to see how that goes. But I think next, uh, I, I think that next pod will have some more to discuss. So, but this one, I think this one's in the books. I think we're done. Yeah. You got anything you want to add? Any, anything at all about anything we talked today? Dude, we did honestly, honestly today, I feel perfect with what I said. I just, I don't know. In my eyes, I saw like the, the Chuck trade, and I kind of got mesmerized by it and then just kind of spaced out the rest of it. So, honestly, tough, I, said, I, I know. I said what I needed to say today, I feel. Okay, I feel you. It's tough. That trade, it's like it's still wrapping your head around it. It's like it's really – it's it's complex. Yeah. It's, it's not a hockey trade that we're used to seeing. I don't think we've ever really seen – I don't think we've ever seen something of this caliber. Even – Maybe Eric Carlson, but even then it was – yeah, I mean, Eric Carlson, that was a big one from, from Ottawa to San Jose. Uh, but 
Jack Eichel. Where was this return for Eichel? I mean, I know he was coming off surgery, but holy shit, dude. <laughs> what? You know? Yeah. At, at this same rate, Buffalo should have got a lot more for Eichel. But um, we'll uh, – that's it for this week. We'll that's talk, it. Uh, we'll talk again uh, Wednesday. Yeah, see you Wednesday, Wednesday bud. Sunday. Yeah, see you Wednesday. All right, see you, bud.